This podcast is sponsored by Active Skin Repair, a skin health company helping people heal with natural, non-toxic, medical-grade ingredients. So, Bree, I remember this one time I was in a bike race around Tucson, and uh, I wasn't paying attention. We were riding down 4th Avenue, and there's railroad tracks, like street track tracks, and my bike's tire like went and wedged in to the railroad tracks, no. and I totally fell down and just like skinned my hands, everything. Ugh. I had nothing with me, nothing at all. And it's that times where you want a first aid product and you have nothing. And <laughs> active skin repair utilizes a molecule called hypochlorous acid. When applied to the skin, the molecule works by mimicking the natural immune response to cleanse, soothe irritation, reduce inflammation, and support healing. I've used it on my son's mosquito bites, and I wish I would have had it the time I totally scraped up my hands. Oh, I hear you. Like whenever I go paddleboarding, kayaking, I'm always trying to find something that is like an all-in-one that I can take with me. And active skin repair could be used like that. It can be used to treat cuts, scrapes, burns, sunburns, rashes, and other types of skin damage. It's also safe and non-toxic, which makes it suitable for all skin types, all parts of the body, like eczema and acne-prone skin, all of that. With over 500,000 happy customers, thousands of five-star reviews, and ingredients so safe and clean they can be used from the youngest member of the family to the oldest, you now have one simple solution for all of your family's skin health needs. Visit www.activeskinrepair.com to learn more about Active Skin Repair and to get 20% off your order. Use code NOGUILT. Welcome to the No Guilt Mom podcast. I am your host, Joanne Crone, joined here by my talented co-host, Brie Tucker. Why, hello, hello, everybody. How are you? (laughs) We're coming at the end of March of 2021, and oh my gosh, it's been a year. It's been a long year. Like, I say this a lot, but I'm really, really happy that we did not know it would be this long when we got into it. Like, Oh, no. Like, I remember, like, on my Facebook, the memories are popping up, and I remember sharing uh it came up over the weekend oh arizona schools are closed until april i remember just just thinking to myself like when it first started we're all like okay yeah we can handle this like two weeks hanging out you know it won't be bad it's doable no but i think like it did force us to be more creative during that time because if we knew that it was going to be such a long haul even though like all the indicators pointed to a long haul like if we look back at like what was it 1918 the epidemic that happened then and they're like yeah it was like two years or so before people were totally back to normal we were like we're 100 years in the future people we could beat this yeah (laughs) yeah yeah apparently not Uh, (laughs) and and, i mean there is so much that's happened over the last year we we had our episode earlier we talked about how moms are not okay the Mm -hmm. inequality that the uh, pandemic has shown that we still have very prevalent in american society oh yeah there's a lot going on but at the same time on a lighter side There's a lot of cool things that happened over this past year. There are a lot of cool things. There's a lot of growth still that happened. Mm -hmm. And so we wanted to make a list about five things that we've learned over the past year. And maybe, hopefully, you can share some of these things with us. But if you have something else that you learned that we don't talk about us, email us email us hello at noguiltmom.com because we we want to share it we want to share it on an episode and we want to sing you and feature you because this podcast is really all about what we can do for you uh so email us please and if that that doesn't seem like begging i could be like down on my knees (laughs) email us 
I truly, truly want to hear from you. So email us at hello at noguiltmom.com. So dinner time always causes us so much stress. And if it causes you so much stress, and if you, like me, hate to meal plan, I mean, like, hate it, like just sitting down and trying to figure out the meals for the week and then creating a grocery list for you makes you, like, break out into a nervous rash like it does me, I have something for you. It's called Eat at Home Meal Plans. We've been using it for the past two years. And what it is, is it's, like, already done for you meal plans. You can pick from four different ways of cooking and eating, traditional, slow cooker, instant pot, whole food, flour-free, sugar-free, and you can mix and match. We mixed and matched a lot too. But the recipes are delicious. They're super easy. Most don't take more than 15 minutes to prepare, and the grocery list is done for you. So go on over to Eat at Home Meal Plans. You can find it at noguiltmom.com backslash eat dash at dash home and we have an extra 25% off for you when you use the discount code no guilt mom all one word at checkout and now on with the show you want mom life to be easier that's our goal too our mission is to raise more self-sufficient and independent kids and we're going to have fun doing it we're going to help you delegate and step back. Each episode, we'll tackle strategies for positive discipline, making our kids more responsible and making our lives better in the process. Welcome to the No Guilt Mom podcast. Okay, five things we learned over the past year. Now, when we were making this list, we're like, what did we learn? <laughs> I know, right? Because I was like, oh, we should make a list of all these cool things that we learned. And then it was like, okay, well, first of all, there was a lot of things that, that yeah. I learned in many different accords. It, one big thing that I learned, I was dating somebody uh-huh. in the beginning of this whole pandemic. Yeah. yeah. And I, for anyone else who was dating, you had to make some serious decisions, man. Are we sticking <laughs> through this? Or are we going to say, hey, see you later? It's like, it was kind of crazy going through that. Um, but, but man, you stuck stuck through it. <laughs> Hello, Miguel. We, we, put, we doubled down, man. We were like, okay, we're going to do this. Go move in. We're going to do this. Yeah. But yeah, looking through all the things that we learned, we were, you and I were trying to make this list. And I was like, let's, let's try to make it like close to parenting and or introspection of yeah. like the cool things that we got out of that. Yeah, because we got to look at the positives too. Like, oh, yeah. It was interesting because we were on a, I was on a call on Friday and it was like a training session, this whole day training in business. And I was in this group where it was three of us, it was, it's called the Six Figure Club. So it was three Six Figure Club members and then one person who was not in the Six Figure Club. And all of us Six Figure Club members, all we could do was like, we're like, it's such a struggle. It's so hard hard. And she called us on it. She's like, you could talk about the struggle, but sometimes like it's really about reframing your perspective and focusing on the good things to give you the energy. And all of us were like, yes, it is. Yes. And so I took it to this and I'm like, you know what? Yes, this year we could call it a struggle, but it gives us so much more energy if we can go back and look at the good things in it. Right. And mm-hmm. so Let's, Let's get do started it. on Let's this. Do okay, so, so here are boom, boom top five things that we have learned over this last year, thanks to this amazingly <laughs> painful pandemic. Yes. So number one, <laughs> screen time doesn't matter. <laughs> oh, I know, right? Like it is that has been such a big 
big rock and everybody's shoe during all of this, right? Yeah. How much guilt did we hear from many, many, many different moms mm-hmm. about the amount of screen time their kids were watching? Yeah, so and then, many. And then so us having concerned. our own guilt, I feel like we kind of went through at, at different levels and different spikes during the during the pandemic. We did because something that before, like we always told parents is that, you know, the quantity of screen time doesn't matter as much as the quality of the screen time. So it's not just sitting and watching screens. That's the issue. It's like, what are we consuming on the screens as well as like, is it productive or non-productive? Right. And also just coming from an early childhood standpoint, uh, the American Academy of Pediatrics with their recommendations on screen time, mm-hmm. which under normal circumstances, it's tough to adhere to that standard. I'm just going to be honest. Mm-hmm. As a parent, it's tough to adhere to the whole like no screen time under two type yeah, thing. Yeah, I didn't do it. And going for <laughs> no, 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 I'm just gonna I, be real, I, real. I, I had to nap it. sometimes, so yes, my kids, my kids loved Baby Einstein. <laughs> I started my company when my son was young, and the only thing I could do to get work time was turn on Peppa Pig. Oh, I remember you talk about that. And then he started talking like Peppa Pig. Oh, yeah. Yeah. But he was right there. Like I was beside him on the couch on my laptop and he would watch Peppa Pig and he loved Peppa Pig. Today, he's a thriving second grader. So again, the point being is that we put all of this pressure on ourselves to try to do everything perfect. And when it comes to screen time, I'm still going to say that even though I do believe like we've already said that it's about the quality of it, not necessarily the quantity. There's a lot of things to learn about screen time. Mm -hmm. Screen time is new, parents. Do not beat yourself up so much over this. And when I say new, I just mean like our generation is pretty much the first parenting generation that's had to deal with screen times to the effect that they are now. Because when we were little, the worst thing our parents really had to worry about was whether or not they were going to let us watch TV. Yeah. And we all know the answer. We all got to watch TV a lot. A lot. We a got, lot. I watched a lot of TV. Yeah, that was yes. awesome. Saturday mornings, right? Whew, I loved my Saturday but morning also, cartoons. screen time can be a way to connect with people too. It is. So that's like, another thing. This pandemic, it was a lifesaver for so many kids. Yes. And like I bristle a little at like, so my son had a play date this past week. And when the mom dropped him off like they're talking about playing Mario Kart and she's like we try to limit screens in our house so like probably like not no Mario Kart and I'm like okay I totally respect it I totally respect it but inside I'm a little bristling at just the reasoning behind it because Mario Kart it's not like they're just staring like vacant at a screen and not talking to each other they're like interacting when they're playing a video game and I think we sometimes miss that interaction because we see like them staring at a screen and automatically think it's bad but if they were playing the same game in a board game it would be fine even though it's the same thing Right. And again, everything is in moderation. Mm-hmm. Always keep that. I mean, I think that you can't go wrong with that that rule of thumb in your back pocket. Mm-hmm. All the time. Everything in moderation. And also but it, watching the kids. Yes, yes. Yeah. And so like I was going to say, like when it comes to screen time and the way that kids play and whatnot, um, again, this helps a lot of kids that can't be there in person. Mm-hmm. The screen time does allow them to have that connection and keep that social connection. But also like you just were saying, like not all screens and games are created equal. Like no. if, when my son plays Minecraft, he goes to creative and he plays in creative and he builds these huge cities and he's so excited to tell me about him when he's done and he gets really excited when he can get on with a friend and then they can build together yeah. these amazing things that they do and so to me I'm like okay that's not that different I'm not saying it's the same thing but it's not that different than letting him play with his Legos it's really not that different at all I mean you don't get the 
like manipulation, the physical manipulation of the objects when you're playing Minecraft, but mm-hmm. you actually kind of do. You work on your hand-eye coordination a little bit better because you have to match like right. just from a strictly educational perspective. Like if we were going to break it down and really say like, hey, like this is what you get from playing a video game over right. actually playing Legos. But it is creative and oh, screens were given such a bad rap and I think it's like way too much stress, especially on moms who we have the kids Usually for the majority of the time. Right. And telling moms that they don't have something available to them because it's bad and will ruin your children, I think is just horrible. Well, and again, it comes down to it doesn't have to be bad. No. Again, it's how you use it. So so coming back to screen time, it doesn't matter, people. It It really like we're we're giving you that pass, that no guilt mom pass. Mm -hmm. We're taking away the guilt of letting your kids have screen time. Because, again, it's about how you do it and having the the moderation. Yeah. All right. Exactly. Hey, all. It is Joanne. And Bree here. And we want to tell you about a podcast that you should check out. It's called Understood Explains. This season of the show is hosted by teacher and special education expert Juliana Uturbe, and it's all about how to navigate individual education plans, also known as IEPs. And in this latest season of Understood Explains, it covers topics like how to tell if your child needs an IEP, and it busts common myths about special education. We actually just listened to the episode, IEPs, Does My Child Need an IEP? And here is what we loved about it. I loved that it was so digestible. Like it was such a short episode and all of the topics, which could be really confusing to parents, were easily explained. And I loved how they gave great concrete examples because you know how much I love me a good example. They explained what kind of services and supports you could actually see on a child's IEP or individual education plan. And they explained those acronyms that nothing drives me more crazy than when there's acronyms and I don't get it. I don't know what it stands for. They took the time to explain everything in so much detail and to cover concerns that a lot of families have about special ed services. To listen to Understood Explains, search for Understood Explains in your podcast app. That's Understood Explains, or just click on the link in our show notes. From the creators of the hit kids podcast, Who Smarted, and Netflix's Brainchild, comes the adventurous world of mysteries about true histories, affectionately known as math. Every episode follows Max and Molly. I got to say, love the name Max. That's my my puppy dog's (laughs) name. Uh, Who have just recruited into a secret order of problem solvers on an adventure through time packed with puzzles, hidden equations, history, and laughs. It actually makes learning pretty cool. Yeah. Now, I listened to this with my son, and it was so fun to listen to. I loved how modern it was with a cool aunt that they really dug, and like they dealt with bullies. Uh, My son also enjoyed all the math involved. Like He thought it was really cool. Well, and I have to say, I love anything that brings learning and fun together for kids. I really, really wish that something like this was around for my teens when they were younger. We would have absolutely devoured this on our car trips. It would have been amazing. It's perfect for kids ages six and up, and new episodes drop every Thursday. So tune in to Mysteries About True Histories with your kids. You can follow and listen on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your pods. And that brings us to number two. Yes, number two. More More time together. Can actually help them problem solve and help everybody learn to problem solve. So this is really interesting. So what you're saying, Joanne, is that the more time your kids were together over the pandemic, Mm -hmm. 
the more you saw that they were able to figure out how to handle things on their own. They were. And it wasn't easy. I'm not saying like this was a walk in the park. <laughs> there was a lot there was of no fighting. There was a there lot was. of fighting at the beginning. But we just got like so over it in the pandemic where it wasn't just little spurts of time that they were together. It wasn't like an hour or two and be mm-hmm. like, oh, like I'll just separate them or whatever. It was, you know, all day. And then me and my husband would be around it all day. So we would just reach our limit where we're like, okay, we're just closing ourselves in the office and we're, we're going to crank up some music for us. And if they're yelling at each other, they need to figure it out. But like also my kids, they do have the problem solving skills that like we teach in the sub journal, like my kids know these skills too to mediate conflicts between each other. Right. So giving them that space to yell and to scream and to eventually work things out, like, oh my gosh, they get along better now than they ever have, ever. So that's an interesting point. So I'm wondering to all of our mamas out there in podcast land, Mm -hmm. if you really, really take a reflection back on the time with your kids together over this pandemic when they couldn't go anywhere, we were all cooped up at home, whatever space you had there, I'm going to assume your kids were fighting because Mm -hmm. most kids do. Let's just be honest. Like there is a quote from Lemony Snicket that's like, any siblings that say they're not fighting have something to hide. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) So I'm going to assume that they were fighting. But if you reflect back on it, do you feel like they are able to get through it once in a while a little better than before? Or Mm -hmm. do you feel like maybe they're still having a lot of fights, but they're shorter? Or maybe they're just finding better ways to kind of get through again that problem solving? Mm And maybe maybe they're just starting to appreciate others more. You know what? Yeah. Like they're appreciating their friends now. They're appreciating people outside their family. <laughs> yeah, because here's something else. Like all of the activities were taken away. So they had nothing to do unless they started getting along well with each other. Um, and I, I mean, I couldn't play with them, nor did I want to play, use my whole time playing with them. I wanted to like accomplish stuff of my own. And so did my husband. And so all they had was each other. And so they had to learn to work through it. And also it caused my daughter, who's older, to examine some of the things she had been doing in the relationship. Because before the pandemic, she would always blame her little brother for everything. And like, I think two months in, she's like, maybe I'm too hard on him. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, that could be. And so she really like changed her approach. I think that helped a lot. That's awesome. If I'm reflecting back, one thing that I remember my kids doing over the pandemic, and we were a unique situation because I am divorced and we have 50-50 parenting and the state of Arizona, you know, they stuck with no matter what, you're going to continue doing your parenting time. And I think actually that was a lifesaver because we did get a little bit of a break. And our kids, while they were around each other, no matter which house they were at, they at least got a change in scenery. But what I was trying to get at was they started making movies together. Yeah, it was really cute. They would like make some uh, little short movies. And then my son got into doing, um, oh, I don't know what it's called, but it's where you go on YouTube and you play a game and mm-hmm. people watch you play a game. Mm-hmm. I, oh, yeah. It's like Twitch. Okay. Yeah. I don't get it. Sorry. <laughs> I just smile and nod my head and say, cool, bud. Yeah. But I don't get it. <laughs> it's okay. It's okay. That's okay. He tried. He related it to uh, my watching football. Oh, okay. yeah. He was like, uh, well, mom, do you sit and watch other people play a football game on TV? And I'm like, oh, touche. <laughs> you got me there. So he did. He got you. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So the more together time, I think, really helps. And it's something that I noticed as a dynamic in our family anyways, because usually my kids got along much better when we are on vacation versus at home. 
And that's a lot because when we go on vacation, we're not like activity schedulers on vacation. We're like, Uh we're going to go go into an Airbnb. We have like maybe an activity a day and then the rest we're just going to leave free form. And so they have a lot of together time there, too. Yeah. Yeah. And Mm -hmm. I I think part of it, too, with my kids and I I just think that the kids kind of sort of just figured out where people's limits were or how to find their own space at the same time. Like I have to go to my room or I have to go do this to get some quiet time away from their siblings. So, mm-hmm. uh, or at least again, that's what we observed in our houses that they, mm-hmm. they kind of learned a little bit more about how to problem solve. My kids definitely don't fight as much now as they did before. Mm-hmm. So number three, this was, this was mine in particular because Brie cannot relate. <laughs> We're at opposite ends of the spectrum We're on this opposite one. Ends. But oh my gosh, I'm an introvert and I actually missed other people. Eventually, yes. I did. Eventually, <laughs> I did. In the beginning, she's like, yes. And I'm like, crap. I'm like, I get alone time. I don't have to socialize. This is awesome. But then it's like, uh, as it wore on, like even my husband, my husband's a bigger introvert than I am. He's like, when we could, like when the restrictions started like becoming better and we have this nice backyard area, he's like, let's invite some people over outside. And I'm like, who are you? And what have you done to my husband? (laughs) But no, he sees it too. Like we actually miss other people. Right. I remember in the very beginning of the pandemic, there was this uh, little meme that going around on Facebook and it Mm -hmm. was like introverts during the pandemic and they're sitting there reading their books Mm -hmm. and they're typing on the computer and they're happy and they're like extroverts during the pandemic and they're running around in circles in the house clawing at the windows. I'm like, yeah, that was me. I was like, anything to to socialize. I cannot stand being home by myself and not seeing other people and not getting to talk to others. Mm-hmm. That's like way, way too much for me. But it's interesting to hear you say that you miss people because you were always a really busy person. Yeah. Like every weekend, you guys were doing something, going somewhere. You were flying places all the time. Uh-huh. And then now, like, I, yeah. you just recently got to take a trip. Yeah. I think, I don't know, it's like, I really enjoy my alone time. It's my time to recharge. And I think before the pandemic, I did not put as much priority on that alone time. So while I was going from place to place and thing to thing, it's like I didn't have a chance to think about it. But then I would like collapse and I would just be like, no one talk to me, <gasps> you know, but I do, I miss other people and I miss like, I miss socializing with like, people I don't know like and usually and that's a lot for you I'm pretty good like at coffee shops for really short periods of time but like conferences where I have to like go from person to person to person and meet a lot of people I would they drain me and I'm actually like I want to do that again yeah no I can't wait for the world to kind of come back to normal I will say though I am missing a little bit of my alone time yeah everybody is at my house all the time now. oh yeah I couldn't and- stand it at your house honestly I would <sighs> It would be a total blow up. Everyone is always at my house all the time now. Mm-hmm. And it drives me bonkers. I bet. I bet. Oh, my gosh. When when like so the kids went over to Nana's this past week and uh, Josh hadn't come home yet. And I'm like, oh, I'm going to put on my blanket. I'm going to watch some uh, Shit's Creek on TV. Oh, it's so nice. It's so lovely. It's so lovely. Yeah. So alone time. It's really it's really good. Yeah. Brings us to number four. Number four is that it gets so much easier when you get help. Oh my gosh. Okay, raise your hand if you try to do everything yourself or if you think you're expected to do everything yourself. Because 
I thought I was. I took on so much of the household responsibilities before the pandemic. So in, when the pandemic first started, too, I remember like making lunch for everybody every day. Oh, I didn't do trying that. Trying <laughs> to make sure that we all had some breakfast and mm. then cooking dinner every night for everybody because like all of my normal hacks you couldn't really do. Couldn't. Well, I mean, yeah, no, because in the very beginning, like even getting takeout was kind of complicated mm. and going to the grocery store was a lot. So I just remember it just being really hard trying to get all that going and putting all that on my shoulders. And then after a little while, I was like, you know, what the heck? Yeah. What am I doing? Yeah. Hi there. I'm Andrea Owen, self-help author with 19 translations of my books, global keynote speaker, and life coach. My podcast, Make Some Noise, has been serving up self-help in a simple-to-digest way for the last decade. The topics brought in each episode are practical and easy to implement around topics such as working through fears that keep you stuck, different modalities of therapy, managing your negative self-talk, and more. We bring you guest experts, solo episodes, and I even coach listeners on the air around relatable struggles. I also do my best to weave my sense of humor into some heavy topics because let's face it, life can be pretty hard and it's so much better when we can have some fun while walking through our challenges. Whether you're seasoned in personal development or just starting out, Make Some Noise podcast will help you become the best version of yourself, the person you're proud of when you look in the mirror and show up in your life. Simply search Make Some Noise with Andrea Owen wherever you listen to your podcasts. Well, hey there, Busy Mama. Are you looking for ways to make your life easier, your home less chaotic, and at the same time, add more joy to your life? My name is Deanna Yates, and I'm the host of Wanna Be Clutter Free, a podcast all about letting go of the stuff we don't need in our lives so that we can focus on what truly matters. Don't worry, I'm not going to tell you to throw it all away or make you feel guilty about keeping something you love, no matter how many other people don't quite understand it but I will give you practical and more importantly, actionable advice so that you can make progress right away. And you won't just hear it from me. There are amazing guests too. It's like having your bestie in your pocket, telling you it's okay to let go of the things that are not serving you and your family in a totally non-judgmental way. So join me over on the podcast where we can work on progress over perfection for those of us that want to be clutter-free. And like, I didn't realize how much I was taking on until my husband got to work from home. And like, he was home with me working and I was still working, but there were two of us to help with the kids' needs. And oh my gosh, it is such a different ball game when there are two people, two adults here at home helping with like the kids. Because like, my kids aren't hard, but I mean, they need feeding and they need like <laughs> they attention need attention and love and, and you do like, have and you do have two different age groups again like, yeah. like our households are different <laughs> uh, my kids are just barely a year apart mm-hmm. and uh, so it and my youngest is your oldest mm-hmm. and again I have I'm divorced so I only have my kids half of the time so like a, a lot of the things are different in our households like I see a lot with with your youngest like oh yeah he does he does still need tech help he does need things like I can't yeah. just tell them you can't just say to him oh go figure it out like mm-hmm. he, <laughs> he needs it he needs it but you know what this was like huge for him this pandemic too because he has become so much more confident in his own abilities I mean when he had the play date here on Friday like with a friend I was going downstairs and I was getting ready to be like oh yeah let's make your pizza let's make sure everyone eats guys the pizza was cooked and on the counter him and his second grade friend 
had put the pizza in the oven, cooked the pizza, removed the hot pizza from the oven and put it on the counter. And when I'm like, oh, it's on the counter. And they're here calmly playing a game in the living room. And they're like, yeah, we're going to let it cool first. I'm like, oh, my gosh. Like, I put myself in situations like way, way too much because they they did it so well. Yeah. And there's so many things that they got to learn during that time. So like by getting some extra help in our household, a couple of things that I know that you and I both started doing more with our kids over during this past year, during mm-hmm. the pandemic, when we needed more help was like, okay, you know what? You guys are home. Time to start learning how to do laundry. Yeah. Time to start learning how to cook. How to cook. Yeah. My kids got... More than peanut butter and jelly. Yeah. They get a meal a week <laughs> that they have to cook in the kitchen. So that's the only reason that my son knew how to do that is because usually his meal of the week is making a boboli pizza where he likes spread sauce <laughs> on it, puts cheese and puts it in the oven. But he's had so much practice with me putting it in the oven and knowing how to do it safely that like Friday was the first time he did it without me there. And I was like, oh, we've crossed a bridge. <laughs> yes. It is. It's, it's, it's been amazing, like letting go of these things and letting people help. Mm-hmm. But it was more than just having our kids do it. Like you said, your husband was home. Yeah, he was He home. was doing more. I had Miguel moved in. So then all of a sudden I had somebody to help me do things around the home. It was it, weird. Yeah. So weird, but amazing. It's, it's amazing. It's, it's amazing. amazing when we got help. And it's so interesting because going back to like now that the pandemic is, you know, hopefully going down, it's the, the numbers are going down and we're we're getting hopefully back into normal. I say hopefully because I'm like, don't want to change. I know. It. But it's so uh, funny hearing podcasts and stuff that was recorded in like May or yeah, June and they're like, like, oh, we're coming out it. of it. And I'm like, oh, God, if you only knew people. If yeah. Only knew. <laughs> don't want to jinx it. But uh, like my husband's work is starting to require him now in the office full time. And he has been more cognizant of actually coming home and like he does a dinner now once a week. Like there's one day a week he does a dinner. So now my daughter does a dinner. My son does a dinner. I do a dinner. He does a dinner and we get takeout. So it's like our five days a week are covered (laughs) and it's not me doing everything. And that is what is key right there. Like That has been a huge, huge win and a huge revelation, I think, during this pandemic. And you know what? I've become less resentful too because it's no longer all on me. I am a participatory member of the family now instead of doing it all by myself. And that makes me so much happier. Yes. And it's hard to get to that point though. It was, it's a definite process. Yeah. It's been a tough one. All right. And number five is mine. Yes. This was funny, actually. Okay, so I found that over the course of the year, I don't have to kill myself running to the grocery store every weekend. Yeah, and I was like, what do you mean? You were running You're running to the grocery store. like Yes, like, okay, so I have an aversion to, like, doing things online. I don't know why. Not even, I like, always, Amazon? Okay, Amazon, I'll admit. Amazon, yeah, I love Amazon. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I never understood, like, the whole ordering groceries thing or doing DoorDash or any of that <gasps> stuff. None of that. So, like, and I was just telling you before we started this episode, you were like, oh, that's an odd thing to put out. And I'm like, okay, I didn't even start ordering my groceries until the, like, new variant of the virus came out. So, oh my like, gosh. we're talking about, like, I didn't even start ordering my groceries until, what, November, December? was when I finally first started doing that. So I would still go to the grocery store. I mean, I we didn't go often and I did all my all the safety procedures that were needed, but it just seemed scary to do it online. And like finally once I did, I was like, oh my God, this is amazing. I just get to pass around the phone to everybody in the family and I'm like, here, type in what you want to get. And then like, you know, amazing. with everybody also doing their cooking, I'm like, have your grocery list ready by, you know, Saturday morning because we're going to order our groceries Saturday morning to pick them up Saturday night or Sunday. And it has been 
so much less stress than trying to get out to the store, making sure that we were all being, not all of us, but that I was being safe and I would get in there, get in and get out as quickly Mm -hmm. as possible, try to get what everybody wanted, try not to forget anything because I'm famous for getting things. (laughs) Don't tell me to put it on list, people. I'm still going to forget it. I don't don't understand how, but I I still manage to. And then I come back with like 20 things I didn't need. That's the other. I'm, yeah, I have that shopping issue too. I'm a very stick to the list. Oh God, person. no. Like there were times actually where my daughter would be like, I have to come with you. And I'm like, why? She's like, because you're going to go off the list. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, you're oh. right. I am. But anyway, I digress. And then coming home and then having to get somebody to help me unload all the groceries. It was just, it was a lot of it was stress. A lot. It's a lot of stuff. Now it's like, it's so much easier. It's mm-hmm. so, uh, why did I fight this people? Why? <laughs> is, is there, so do you do the one where you order and then you pick it up at the grocery store? Like yes. you do it. So that's, we do fries. So you know what? We found something very interesting because we were doing Instacart delivery. Okay. And we're like, okay, like how does Instacart make their money? Because the they only charge you like maybe a five or ten dollar delivery fee, and then they like you get to tip the driver. And I'm like, this isn't enough to make money. Here's how they do it. Um, you know all those like loyalty card savings uh-huh so they have their own loyalty cards so they get those savings but then they charge you full price oh interesting yeah so it's a really great business model but i was like what we're paying like it's not really ten dollar delivery fee and then the tip it's like fifty dollars more to do instacart oh <laughs> but like the pickup from the actual grocery store is actually like they they give you loyalty card stuff so. Yes, yes. So like, yeah. again, we do fries because that's what's close to our house. And there's one that's not far away. And it's just they have a great system. Like you pull mm-hmm. in, they've got more than enough parking at this one. Because again, there's a ton of them and they don't all have a great system. And I, I just it's always been awesome. Just so easy. So yeah. Yeah. This is this was a game changer, people. I know Bree is late to the game on this <laughs> one, but man If you're fighting it, that's, listen to Bree's story. That's about what I was this be one. Like, why do I fight change so hard sometimes, Joanne? It's change. Like we all <laughs> fight change hard. I think it's just one of our like human instincts <sighs> to fight the change. Yes. Because it's like I mean, I do it too, and I get really anxious too when I know something's going to change. Like, for instance, like we take our dog to uh, this great dog boarding place. It's like out of someone's home who's a dog trainer who's really great with her, and she's a high maintenance dog. So there's not many people I trust leaving her with. Like, she's the type of dog, like, if she was with the wrong person, she would destroy their whole house or she would eat their dogs. And so I'm like, so anyway they text me and they're like yeah we're gonna discontinue the boarding and i was freaking out brie i was freaking out like all week and then i find last night when i picked her up because we took like a little trip down to tucson that they're not they're just making it now canine boarding school where like the dogs get training when they're boarding and i'm like she needs some training sign her up like (laughs) So, but it was a change. Right. And change is scary. It's just scary. It is. Change is scary. But hopefully so, you found some things in this. Yeah. So tell us, what did we have on our list that you learned over the last year? So what what things on there were you like, yep, totally. And what are things that we totally missed that, that you feel like you got out of the last year? Yeah. Email us. Hello at noguiltmom.com. We 
really want to hear from you because you know what? It really helps us create podcast episodes that you will enjoy when we hear from you. Yes. Yes. We love hearing from our peeps. We do. So if you have a second, can you just rate and review us on iTunes? If you haven't already, we would be so, so appreciative. Uh, Hopefully we've earned those five stars and your little 10, two sentence. I'm like 10 sentence review. No, you don't have to do a 10 sentence review. (laughs) It's a two sentence. Maybe one sentence is fine too. But 10 stars would be good. It's not an option, but we'll take them. But it means so much and it helps other people find the podcast who need it and who need that connection and need that uplift and need to be told that they do not have to be doing everything as a parent and uh, how to delegate and let some stuff go. So until next time, the best mom's a happy mom. Take care of you and we'll see you later. Thanks for stopping by. Margaret. And I'm Amy. And together we host the podcast, What Fresh Hell? Laughing in the Face of Motherhood. Margaret, I would say you're sort of a where are my keys kind of mom. Correct. Sometimes a where are my kids kind of mom. (laughs) Well, you're Amy more of a we were supposed to leave 35 seconds ago, mom. I mean, touche. In each episode of What Fresh Hell, we come at a topic from our usually completely opposite perspectives. I bring the research. And I bring kind of the gimlet eye. Like, is that research really going to work, people? And almost 10 million downloads later, we're still laughing. We also talk to experts in the parenting field, plus parents with stories we can all learn from. We make each other laugh, we challenge each other's assumptions, and we have what we think is the best parenting community on the internet. Check out What Fresh Hell? Laughing in the Face of Motherhood wherever you listen to podcasts.